I just got a guy a job yesterday. He's on £40,000 salary. I've got him a job at £47,000. Big pay rise. Yeah, yeah big. Yeah, that's big. He's, he's not on LinkedIn. He's not on any job boards. And he's just been recommended to me because I spoke to a guy and said, look, I don't really have anyone in that location. Do you know any people? He said, yeah, I've got a couple of guys that I work with. Welcome to the Baseline Pod Show, where project planners in different sectors come to air their plans, give invaluable insights, and also talk about the numerous impacts it takes for them to serve their clients in all walks of life. It's brought to you by a seasoned project planner, an A-lister in the construction industry, Kessiana Aaron F.A. This show is open to anyone who wants to add value to his project planning skills or who's interested in creating a huge impact in his or her career. Thank you and enjoy the ride. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And speaking about profile, you know, and you going on LinkedIn, social media, you know, would, would you say that has made your job more easier in terms of looking at people and, you know, the truths? Like you said a couple of minutes ago, you know, someone sends his CV and you looked at his profile on LinkedIn, they didn't yeah. really match, you know. So would you say social media has helped your job? Yes. I mean, I don't really use social media that much. Depends. Do you do you call do you call LinkedIn social media? It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't really use social media for my recruitment job with my car website all the time. That's everything is social media in recruitment. I mean, basically, I mean, I I'm quite strange. I suppose I don't really use job boards at all. Um, I don't have any LinkedIn recruiter account or anything like that. I don't pay any money for LinkedIn or anything like that. I just have good connections, but then. When I started working, I think the, the thing, key thing people need to understand with the recruitment is you can get names off everybody. So if I phoned you and spoke to you, you said, well, you must know some good planners. Who can I speak to? Who, who do you know? And you tell me, oh, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Okay, so they're, they're on my list of people to phone. So I get their phone numbers from you or their email addresses from you. I just got a guy a job yesterday. Yeah, he's on £40,000 salary. I've got him a job at £47,000. Big pay rise. Yeah. yeah, big. Yeah, that's big. He's he's not on LinkedIn. He's not on any job boards, and he's just been recommended to me because I spoke to a guy and said, "Look, I don't really have anyone in that location. Do you know any people?" He said, "Yeah, I've got a couple of guys that I work with, and I've and I put them both forward for a job. One's been offered, and the other one's getting an interview." You know what I mean? So, I think LinkedIn does help, though. I mean, that's the only thing I use. Facebook and Twitter. I've got a tw- Twitter account, but it's just there. It's not something I go on. I never look at it. To be fair, it's just somewhere for me to send it jobs out to and information if people want to know about what's going on and because some people like using they, they, they like using twitter don't they? or they like using instagram or they like using facebook you know but for me business i think linkedin's getting a little bit some sometimes people post stuff on linkedin that's not really about work not really about business yeah yeah, like, yeah 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 i've seen i've seen that like, a couple of yeah i've seen that a couple of times like people just post things that are not for the platform they're not fit for the platform because linkedin yeah. is linkedin is more of like you know like work stuff, you know, work stuff, serious stuff, you know, employers, recruiters, you know, trying to just, you know, so that's why with, with this, with this uh, podcast, this show, it's just going to be on LinkedIn. You know, I, I don't think it's fit for any other place because what I'm doing here is just all about trying to give back, you know, 
improve people in terms of work, recruiters, employers as well, trying to just bring everybody, bring everybody together, you know, which, which is good. You know, some, some people just post some things that are just off, you know, and, and I find it odd, like, oh my God, what, what is this? What is this post about? Yeah, well, I mean, I embrace it. <laughs> it's each to their own, but it, it does, you know, when I'm trying to look for business leads, I'm looking, trying to look for planners, you know, someone talking about something that's completely not, not you know, relevant. And I, I know it's relevant to their life, whether it's about a friend's health or, you know, a charity, something or something, and that's all fine. But that's up to them, isn't it? I mean, it is what they do. And I mean, I'm just, I keep, I, I try to keep my, 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 my lives separate. I try to keep my <laughs> home life separate. I try to keep my business life separate. And then I run my car stuff and I try to keep that separate because yeah. if they overlap them, it's like if everyone phones me on the same phone number and someone's phoning me about cars and I, and I answer the phone because I believe you should answer the phone with your company name politely you know bill win construction futures they're going to think oh hold on a minute who's this <laughs> you know what i mean you know if yeah. it's talk, talking about my car stuff so yeah yeah, yeah. and i know i know at the moment you you also recruit you recruit around europe and, and uk as well and i know they love planning jobs i think things are opening up now you know but in terms of the projects that are going up and things that are coming on do you think that there are enough good planners to fill those roles from your own experience there's always been a shortage of planners yeah, that's 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 the issue. I mean, the, the, it's always been tricky. Yeah, hence why I sort of got into it in the first place. Yeah, you know, ultimately there weren't enough planners, so that's why I thought, well, actually, you know, it's, a recruiter should always try and go into an industry where there's less people than the the jobs, because then you're in a power position. And if you're yeah. ever selling something, mm-hmm. you know, no point me trying to sell umbrellas when it's a nice ambivalent ambivalent day not not sunny not raining but if i've if it's raining and i've got loads of umbrellas i'm gonna make lots of money aren't i you know yeah. so you've got to be in the right place at the right time so i think what i'd say is that probably in my in my mind you've got about 10 percent, probably five or ten percent that aren't aren't good planners and they don't last the course um when they go into jobs i think we need more planners um and that's why a lot of the companies i'm working with have tried to to take planners from site engineers. I've got one company that won't take a planner unless they've been a civil engineer and then been worked their way up and now want to be a planner. Just wouldn't mind looking. Yeah, it doesn't matter if they've got 20 years planning experience. Yeah. So you wouldn't get if you haven't been a site engineer yourself, and I could say, well, Kay's got 10 years experience as a planner. So I don't care. We've been doing highways every day for 10 years. Don't care. He's not been a civil engineer. He's not been a site engineer. He's not been on site with his boots with his hard hat he's not going to get a job so so some people are like that um so a lot of people are transitioning from project management of a project director trying to get into planning so there's a lot of people who are trying to get from one job to another i think uh in terms of the whole database i've got of eight thousand odd planners i mean i would probably say that i think not that i've coded them up that many but i would say probably i'd say it's good to say probably 50 to 60 percent are probably good yeah, or would be classified as good quality planners. They've got good CVs, good track records. I think probably another 20 to these numbers probably don't all add up, but 25 to 40% give or take, I would probably say are good to okay. They can do the job. Are they going to set the world alight? Probably not, but they can do a job. And then probably the remaining five, 10%. <laughs> what 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 do you what what do you think that move, moving across different industries can help you? you know, improve your skills as a planner. Like for instance, using myself as an example, 
Yeah. I was on our highway small motorway was there, started on site from for their two years and planning role for three years. Did that and now moved on to Morphe's where I'm on water, I'm seven. So yeah. there are planners that have moved across certain industries in the in the course of time, you know. Would would, would you yeah. say moving across different industries would definitely make you a good planner or which just means that you have different experience? I think it's utopian that you know, if we took someone like yourself and you said, okay, I'm a highways planner, can you get me a job uh, building, doing interior interior fit-out work, yeah, of high-rise skyscrapers? I would say, well, firstly, well, okay, it's not a major thing, but obviously you use P6 probably, and this is going to be using Power Project, yeah? Okay, different software. Software, software, so you can probably pick it up. But you also don't understand the sequencing. You don't understand the process, what happens, and then what happens, and then what happens, and then what happens. Yeah. Um, so I think it's very difficult. And we've covered this, you know, instant gratification. You know, you know, I love cars. So I go into my house in a minute and I'll turn on, you know, obviously I'll speak to my kids and my wife. But when I want to chill out, I then just go into my recordings and I go, right, car show, play. I'm watching cars straight away. Yeah. Or on my phone. Instagram cars, you know what I mean? So you've always got that instant thing. And that's the same thing when you're talking about planners trying to change. I get a lot of it from the oil and gas sector where they want to get into data centers is probably one of, and, and pharmaceutical uh, projects has been quite a big thing over the last two years because what's been happening with COVID, we need to get pharmaceuticals. We need to get medicine. Yeah. What we all been doing while we're stuck at home with all consuming data. So data centers have, ne- you know, busier and never been busier. You think about all the third world countries and countries like India and stuff like that, China, where more and more people are getting phones, more and more people using computers. So where's all this data going to get stored? So more and more people want to get into that, but you need to have that some form of experience. But how do you get it? You know, so it is a bit tricky sometimes. You see, so, so, I mean, I've got a guy today, for example, who's got no experience with data centers, but he's got some, he lives over in, uh, in Dusseldorf. Um, but, you know, he's got experience building, um, oil and gas and petrochemical buildings, yeah, which includes some offices. But a lot of those types of buildings, when you can, I don't know if you can envisage what they look like, because I've never been to one. I just see pictures on the on videos and and stuff like that. But inside, they've also got to be quite clean room specific, like data centers and pharmaceutical buildings and laboratories. You can't have loads of dust, you know, and it can't be messy. So they, he needs to have good heating and ventilation experience and good mechanical electrical experience. So he's got that, but what he doesn't have is he doesn't have the experience of working or building a data center or a pharmaceutical building or a laboratory. But he's got some some skills that would um, transition quite well. I think what is difficult, if you've been building a railway and then suddenly you want to go and build a school, that's completely different. Yeah, that's off, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so sometimes, I can't. I mean, I can't speak for you, but again, I think maybe there's an maybe you can see some similarities maybe with someone who's done highways group uh, highways planning getting into rail because at least it's linear you know what i mean and and and, and you, you know it's a, it's 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 got it probably got a sequence that's quite similar but you probably still don't know about the rail industry yeah so that's probably my my take on it so, um, Bill, like when you when when it comes to doing your job and your experience, you know all that. Yes, twenty years doing this. What would you say has been the most difficult thing you've come across recruiting for planners? Well, when you start, it's always difficult. 
you know, you've got to build your relationship up. I think there's certain jobs now, because I've done the job for so long, there's certain jobs in certain locations where if a company asks me for, for that person, I know it's going to be hard. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the thing is, I, I know it sounds stupid, but when I've got 10, 15 jobs to work on, I still don't like to turn away people. I just try to give them a realistic time scale. And then I have to juggle as to which company needs people the fastest, who's shouting at me the loudest. Yeah. But, you know, I had a job recently where a company was asking me, can I have a, can you find me a tender planner in Bristol? Well, yes, I can, but it's going to take months because they wanted someone who already lived there uh, and had the experience of X, Y, and Z projects. And there's just not that many people who live there. When you've got all of the people getting sucked into Hinkley Point C, and then you've got all the people getting sucked into HS2, they're paying more money as well than this company was. So it's just going to be a nightmare. So I said, yes, I'll keep an eye out open for you. But until you tell me that you, you'll take someone from outside of Bristol, then it's going to be hard. And it's not that I want to let them down. It's just that when I've got other jobs to work on, it's better I work on those jobs because they're easier to fill. Yeah. There's no point in me. If I'm going to make, say, £5,000 or £10,000, there's no point in me taking six months to do it when I could do it in three weeks. Yeah. Freeze up time for other things. I think also, you know, doing the European stuff, it's very hard to find planners uh, who live in different countries who also speak the language. So, again, one of the biggest changes for everybody in the last year has been Brexit. So I had an example. I won't mention any names, but I got a guy a job. He then started the job. Six weeks later, the company said, sorry, we're going to have to let him go because now our client who's based in Switzerland says that he needs a visa. He didn't need to Houston and he didn't need to have one before because we were part of the EU. Yeah. But now he's not part of the EU. So, so I was finding people for pharmaceutical and data center projects and some rail projects and lots of different projects in Europe. And then suddenly every employer says, I need someone who already lives there, not flies in, fly out. Because a lot of people who build data centers and or work in data centers and pharmaceutical buildings and life science, they, they live in the UK or they live in Ireland and then they're flying out to do planning for two weeks then they come home for four days and then they fly out again and they were doing that a lot of the companies i work with i don't promise that because that eventually won't work you need someone who's based there so i'm finding people who are based in frankfurt based in zurich based in berlin or whoever it may be yeah um stockholm and you find them and then ideally that they speak the language like i've got a six-month contract right now today and i'm looking for a planner who speaks swedish and we're working Gotham, Gothenburg or Stockholm. But I don't have a database full of people who speak Swedish. <laughs> yeah? Because you imagine most of my database has always been UK people. I've got probably over five, 600 now that, that are speaking languages or live in Germany or Sweden or Finland or wherever. But remember, you, every time you factor in a job vacancy, it gets smaller and smaller and smaller once you're refining the list. So they've got to have data and experience smaller they've got to speak swedish smaller, smaller. they've got they've got to be looking for a job right now smaller. <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean so it gets yeah. smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller until some people i've got nobody sometimes i've got five to speak to 10 to speak to 50 to speak to the challenge is when you've got so few or you've got so many the sweet spot is to get 10 15 20 people you can speak to and that's perfect but so that's, so that's hard when you're speaking um 
languages. The other thing that's uh, probably not that much of interest to you, but might be to people who are watching this, if they're construction side planners or build planners, is that um, I've gotten more asked more and more. A couple of years ago, if you'd asked me about Synchro or Navisworks or 4D, I didn't really have a clue what it was. I'd heard of BIM. I also know what AutoCAD is and stuff, but I'm not a software person, so I'm not an expert in planning. I'm not an expert in 4D. But a lot of companies over the last few years have asked me, oh, ideally, we'd like a planner who can, uh, who's got an understanding and understands the software of, of Navisworks or SketchUp or Synchro. You know, a piece of software, I'm not sure how averse you are to it because it's not really used that much in infrastructure side of projects. I don't know if it's used in highways, but I've not come across that demand. But they want something, a piece of software that you can link into your program and then you can literally see a 3D or 4D representation of the building going up and it's linked to the plan. So you can say, you know, I'm not an expert, but I'm sure you can YouTube it and you'll see, you know, a program and you'll see the building, which for me as a visual person, I like, I'd rather watch a video than read a book. I like seeing something happening. And then if I, it's linked to the program and I make this change, that then tells me what's happening on the picture. Makes sense to me, 100%. Yeah, yeah, we we have we have that at 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 um at my current project as well. You know, we we have all those four D programs. So you, so you look at the look at the project. You know, so so you, you can follow up from start to finish. It just yeah. tells you everything. You know what comes next. You know from that you, you can also work your activities and sequences as well. You just know what comes after what. You know, which is which is yeah. great. The other thing that I think is frustrating as well is employers. I said earlier today, I think employers who come to a specialist and they ask me for their help and then they don't listen. What's the point? What's the point coming to someone like me who's got 20 years experience? I know what the market's paying. You're telling me you want to pay 60K. Everyone in your competitors is currently paying 75. That's why you haven't got someone doing this job. That's why you can't find someone who can do this job, you know? And then you say, well, actually, your people are sending me aren't good enough. I thought, well, they're not good enough because you're not paying enough. You know what I mean? And so they won't listen to you. Um, but some companies are doing well. well and and I'm, I'm always here to help, whether it's planners or, or, or employers. I'm always here to help and give you my opinion. I'm, I, you know, this week I'll be writing my newsletter for the, my quarterly. I do a quarterly newsletter every uh, every three months. So I'll be doing the autumn newsletter. And, and that has a summary of the last three months, how many jobs I've registered, what the market's doing, supply and demand, you know, contractors, permanent, some salary surveys and some job vacancies, you know, because it's a snapshot, you know, because, you know, this is a, a video where, you know, some people don't have, a, you know, an hour, half an hour, an hour, two hours, or whatever to watch something like this. They just want a snapshot. We all want instant. Yeah, yeah, instant. instant. <laughs> one yeah. in now, one in now. Yeah, microwave. Just, just tell me now. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, so it's just a newsletter, which again, and to be fair, going back to your LinkedIn thing is, you know, and I think most of people, what you, what you can learn from social media is that most human beings are voyeurs. They like watching, they like looking, but you know, it's like, I've got loads of people, you know, you might have 10, 20, 50, a hundred thousand, a million people watch a video, for example, but only 10 people will comment. Or five people will comment. You know what I mean. So people are like watching, but they don't they just, like participate. Yeah, they just scroll. They just say, okay, nice. They just scroll and and, and go by. You know, and that that yeah. that that goes for like podcast as well. People, some people listen, some people don't. You know, some people prefer to just hear clips or just see clips. So, okay, this is what it's about, and it's just you know. So I think I think our attention span is just 
you know, like it's getting smaller. You just want it now. Okay, this is what it is. That's it. I don't want to go. I, I don't have that time to go into it. But isn't that why things like TikTok work? I mean, I don't use TikTok, but isn't that why TikTok works? Because it's yeah. literally 10 seconds of someone dancing or doing something and that's it. And that's it, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and even on uh, Instagram for my car, you know, car uh, website, um, you know, you post a video on Instagram. If it's longer than a minute, it then won't show that. It will show it as a longer video. So, yeah, so it's always looking for short, quick stuff. But Yeah, yeah, yeah good, good, good. Um, Bill, you know, I know you've got, like, experience around planning and, you know, the industry as yeah. well, you know. And, again, this this show is just is also out for people that want to improve their skills as well. You know, you want to know more about what you need to do in terms of you want to move up the ladder in your career-wise, you know. But for you, what would you say planners need to do? Or, or how... How how can planners improve their skill sets? You know, in, in order to make them more employable. I think I've been asked uh, a few times recently by people mainly who aren't in the UK. I think it's difficult for me to give advice. Like we talked about 4D software, so I think someone I spoke to someone about it and said, "Oh, okay, I'll go and do a, a synchro course or a Navis work course." I said, "Well, I'm not saying you should do that because I, I can't speak for the courses. I don't know how much they cost, but I don't want someone to go and spend thousands of pounds." You know, I think you just got to look at what you want to do with your career. When do you want to end up? I mean, as I say to my son all the time who plays football, you know, a good level. I said, if you want to be a professional football, you've got to look where you want to be. That's where you want to get. That's your spot. If you want to play for whoever, a professional football team in a Premier League, you've got to think, right, okay, look at all the people in the Premier League, the players. What do they do? Do they drink alcohol? Do they take drugs? Do they exercise? Are they a good role model? You know? Look at the people in, in, that you think are good, like Ronaldo is just a beast, yeah, when it comes to training and diet and everything like that. You've got Marcus Rashford, who's got the right mentality, the right attitude. So you've got to take stuff like that. And so I think as a planner, you've got to look at what you want to do, where you want to be and where you want to go. And then you've got to make those decisions. I don't think it would do any harm, you know, having a good education. Uh, if you've already passed that, you know, you can still do an open learning course or an evening course or you want to go and work in germany but you don't speak german i've got a guy a job in germany he's on a hundred thousand pounds or more yeah um and he just wants to learn german so part of his job offer was you know you're gonna have to um take a german course for six months so one day a week he doesn't go to work he does one day of german talking all day yeah um so you know if you really want something then you'll you'll do it you know, uh, you know, improving your software skills again. Don't take it for granted that you're, you know, you know, P6 inside out. I'm sure there's various. I mean, you'll tell me. I'm sure there's various different people who can do things with P6 that you can't do or someone else can't do, and you're always learning. Mm-hmm. You Absolutely. know, yeah. To you know, I don't know the software intricately, but so th- so those are the sort of things that I would advise. You know, education stuff. You know, leadership courses. Um, uh, you know, things like, I don't know, again, I'm not an expert, but Prince 2 and stuff like that, you know, where it's all about managing your time and managing the process, managing a, a team or something like that. Or, you know, they're always good things because they're going to give you a good foundation. Yeah. And in effect, a planner is a project manager, you know, so the, 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 the two jobs overlap, you know, so I think anything like that is going uh, to be uh, of interest. Yeah. And the other thing is from an from a from a job seeker perspective, again, one of the things I'm always 
challenging people on when they come to me and ask me about job booth, I say, well, what does your current employer do for you? What training have they given you? What development are they giving you? How are you learning? Are you learning because people are teaching you? Are they taking time? Are they putting you on courses? Have you got a mentor? You know, some of the most important people in my life have been in their 60s and 70s. And they take time to talk to me and give me advice, you know, because everyone else in my age, they're all rushing around. They're all trying to get to this, whatever it is. So sometimes, you know, it's those older people who've done a lot of that stuff that they sort of don't need to rush around and they just take the time to give you advice. So a lot of people don't do that anymore. And I think a lot of companies, this is, again, this is one of my observations. You know, I won't name the companies, but there are a few companies that are well-known in the industry. And if I got a planner from them years ago, companies would just take them straight away. Yeah, I know they've they got a good training. They've got a good, they, they bring people on well. They're going to be a good planner. Even just interview them. I don't even need to see a CV. Yeah. But a lot of those companies now don't do that because they come to someone like me to say, can you find me a planner who can already do everything? I don't want to train and develop them. So you're talking about some people you know, maybe those people want to learn how to get into planning. Well, why would a company employ them when they can already employ a planner with two years experience? So it's difficult. Yeah. 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 But, yeah. Nice one, Bill. Yeah. But if you, if you were in, if you were in the planning, in the planning scene, you know, recruiting recruit for planners, yeah. you know, what, what, what is the next thing you think you're going to do apart from, apart from doing this? What do you think? Have you heard today that I've mentioned a lot? Car business, car. Yeah. <laughs> well done. Well done. You've been listening. Maybe you could be a good recruiter. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, basically, I run a car website in my spare time called mycarheaven.com just because it was basically, I set it up because I wanted to see if I could set up a website, you know. I was into cars. I had some posters on my wall as a kid. I wasn't massively into cars, you know, didn't go to car shows. My dad wasn't massively into cars or anything. Mum wasn't into cars. Just like noise and the power. And it was aspirational, wasn't it? So, you know, and I remember being a kid and driving into London. I saw a Lamborghini and the doors went up like this. <laughs> <was like>, Whoa, <laughs> nice. Like, and everyone's going, yeah, look at that. And, you know, and, and it's just stuff like that. I just wanted to, you, made, you know, if you could own something like that, you'd know you'd done well or made it in life. So I think, you know, that's, why I set a car website up and sort of spent all, like this weekend, I went to Auto Italia and the w- weekend before that, I went to Goodwood Revival and Salon Privé and I've been to loads of things to see cars and you get you talking to car people. So I think I was sort of thinking that maybe, you know, when I sort of retire from recruiting, God knows when that will be, but, you know, probably in my mid fifties or something, I would probably sort of buy, maybe buy and sell two or three cars a year. Um, but I'm not talking about everyday cars. I'm talking about antique, antique cars. Yeah, the classic cars or supercars, but cars that have got uh, a value in them. So they're limited edition. So there might only be between two to a thousand in the world. Yeah. yeah. So because yeah. if, if you buy something that's rare, there will always be people who want it. Yeah. Yeah. If there's no point buying stuff, you know, or no, no one wants to spend lots of money buying something that there's millions of them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. why. That's why you know iPhones and stuff. They might be valuable, but once you have an iPhone three and four and five and six, they're not valuable anymore. No one wants them because they want an iPhone twenty seven. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah. So yeah. So look, uh, yeah. On social media, it's just my car heaven 
um, is the is the company, and I'm all over social media, mainly Instagram, because it's pictures and videos, isn't it? You know, it's yeah. completely different to recruitment. You know, when you're doing cars and stuff, it's all about people want to see pictures and their videos and noises and yeah. stuff like that. Um, yeah, but yeah. Uh, yeah, that's what I do yeah. in my spare time. Yeah. So, so talking about cars, is that is is that is that a Ferrari behind you there? Or? Uh, I've got two there behind me. Don't do that. Okay. So one, this one here is a Fiat 500. Okay. That was that was given to there was 200 um, Ferrari dealerships in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Fiat, who owned Ferrari, they gave each dealership one of these cars. So that's got a Ferrari badge on it, and inside yeah, I saw, it's, there's, I saw there's that, 199. Yeah. What well, I say, it's 198 of 200 cars made. Yeah, there's only 200 of these, but there's a lot of Fiat 500s. But this is one that's been tuned, and is the same color, um, and it's got Ferrari logos inside and outside. So yeah, it's just, uh, and it was only given to dealers. You couldn't buy this. This was given to dealers. It only came onto the market when this this actual car, believe it or not, was bought at a charity auction and bought by Gordon Ramsay. The oh, chef, yeah, and then he no, gave no. it to his marketing lady, and then uh, uh, and then she basically wanted to sell it, and I bought it off her. Okay. And the one behind that is, yeah, that's uh, that's my pride and joy, a Ferrari, and then behind that is a friend's Porsche. Okay. So it's my little, it's my little office, but it's also <laughs> somewhere where if I'm not working hard enough, I think you've got to work harder because you've got to pay your bills. <laughs> yeah, you, you gotta, 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 gotta go. I think I also one one of my mentors, you know, as he's been a planner for years. He's also a car enthusiast as well. You know, he loves cars. He loves building cars. He like he's from Pakistan, so there's a time he 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 built a car in in Pakistan, and he and he shipped the car down to the UK. One of those old Toyotas, Land Cruiser. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he did that, you know, and and you know, talking to you now, he just reminds me of Shafiq. You know, the guys, the guy loves cars as well. Bill, you seem very, you seem a very busy guy with your cars, you know, recruiting and the family yeah. as well. You know, yeah. people people always talk about you know work life balance. You know, they want to balance stuff out. You know, but for you, I don't think there's there's a rest for you. You know, how do you balance that? You know, <laughs> how do you how do you balance that? <laughs> it, 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 it's a it's a difficult one. I, I think. I think over the, you know, I'm mid forties now and, and ultimately I think you get used to it over time. And I think having children does give you a bit of uh, perspective on life. It does change you as a person. Um, and, and so for, you know, when you're young and you're in your twenties and stuff, I can't speak of everybody in life, but you know, I certainly felt for me, I was doing sport, I was competitive. I wanted to win and or whatever I did, I wanted to be the best and stuff like that. I think that's just, you know, you're full of testosterone as a man and you want to be successful and you want to, you know, and I just wanted to, by the time I was 30, have a nice car and have enough money to have a nice house. So then I would be a prospect for someone to want to marry and, 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 you know, I would have, I'd be able to provide for my family. You know, I think that's the most important thing that I wanted to have. Um, And so, you know, that I, I didn't do that six in the morning till midnight day when I had three kids, you know what I mean? I'm not going to say I wouldn't do it, but I just didn't do it at that time. But, um, but even still now, I sometimes I'm in the office at eight o'clock or nine o'clock on a Friday. I don't finish until I've finished what I was doing. So it's difficult to get a work-life balance. I mean, I've got about a hundred, well, not a hundred. I've got about 20 articles I've got to write for my car website. You just got to get done when they're going to get done. And I'm busy with the recruitment. So recruitment comes first because that pays my bills. 
uh, I take my son to football and my daughters to aerobics and, and a few other things and my daughters to netball. So there's certain days where I have to finish at certain times. And, you know, at the weekend, I never work, never work on recruitment at the weekends. So that is my family time. So I was trying to compartmentalize, you know, you know, so that's what I think I've got to do. If you want to get a good work-life balance. And one of the things that um, you won't notice, but I think one of the questions you asked was um, we haven't covered was obviously what's the most important thing when people are looking for jobs. And a lot of people will say money. You know, that's what people sometimes default to. Um, and in my, uh, I did a LinkedIn poll with 161 or 169 votes. And believe it or not, 51% came back as work-life balance. Yeah. Money, I think, came second or something. With this. It's on my blog, on my coal, on my um, Construction Futures uh, website. But money uh, was something like 20, 21, 22%. Yeah, you just got to get your work-life balance right. And, uh, and each of everyone, my wife would say, sometimes I get it right, sometimes I get it wrong. Um, but, you know, that's why I think sometimes having a wife, not that she knows anything about cars, not that she knows anything about recruitment, but sometimes it's just nice to have sort of a soulmate or someone there that can tell you the truth. Because I can't speak for other people, but I know that the, the higher up the ladder you go, so when you're a manager and then you're a director and then you run the company, the higher you go, less people will tell you the truth. Yeah, less people, yeah, they don't, yeah. They, 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 you know, and the less people, that's what one of my, my, my life mentors, who's a psychological expert, you know, that's what um, he told me is that, you know, the higher up you go, the less people understand you because you know, they're not like you. And that's what I've had to try and work. And that's why I don't want to really recruit other people to come and work with me and for me is because I spent half of my life trying to tell myself, why do you not want to work eight o'clock, nine o'clock tonight? We've got a job to fill. Yeah, I know, but I've got a date with my girlfriend. Yeah, I know, but we, this is going to make you eight, nine, ten thousand pounds. We fill this job yeah, i know but i've got a date with my girlfriend yeah but your girlfriend's still going to be there tomorrow take your girlfriend out tomorrow and with the money that you've just earned you can buy a lobster and champagne so you know so there's generational things as well you know a lot of kids these days don't necessarily want to do that or whatever because i was born in a different generation so we all and, and it's different type of people do different types of things but yeah so yeah so it's uh quite interesting yeah i think the covid19 things also had an impact on people i get asked questions now like oh can i work from home doing this job you'll get asked that all the time now you know like, well no it's it's a building it's building a like you said earlier on it's building a it's building a skyscraper you can't do it from your bedroom in your pajamas <laughs> your and your andy pandy pajamas or rupert the bear i think the i think the covid has just thrown in that flexible walking to say you know yes. pe people want that flexibility because you would you would say, oh, I can I can do updates from 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 home, but the reality of things is that you know you need to go on site sometimes. Yeah, yeah, and that's fine. Yeah. And most companies are open to people being working from home. I think it's like anything. I think with certain companies, they're less they're more resistant to it. And sometimes in the construction industry, and I'm not so much sure about the infrastructure sectors and industries, but certainly in the construction, some of these companies are very old school. They still do it in a very old ways. You know, I still get some people think, well, why does a planner get paid so much money? If you don't plan, you're planning to fail, aren't you? So Yeah, it know, is what it is. You know, it you is know but, but they, they can't quite understand it. They just think, oh, well, all they do is they just do some stuff on a computer. And <laughs> why do they get paid so much money? 
that's because your project's not that because your project's not failing it's not going to it's not going to go over budget or schedule and that's because the plan is working closely with the team to make sure this all all happens what 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 do you think what what do you think the reason why companies tend to go for planners is because if you're going with the nec contracts you know you you need to produce an update close 32 program you need to put that in you know you, you do think it's because of the 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 governance you know the contract governance that's why you re, that, that's why companies require planners or it's because they don't want that project to fail because sometimes it could be it take the box exercise so yeah. I, I from from your own from from your own you know experience what what why do, why do you think companies actually require planners I think some companies are required to have them for the projects they're on sometimes the end client insists mm-hmm. some of these big projects you know they have the end client then integrate you know interfaces with a consultancy the consultancy's got a project controller or a planner and then they want the contractor to have one um so there's that some companies like some companies i'm working with at the moment just employed a planning manager for the first time they've got 100 staff never had a planner and now they've got a planning manager they're like wow (laughs) all these all these projects now we don't seem to have problems they're not going awry awry you know we don't have the issues that we used to have now we actually want to hire a second plan, please. You know what I mean? And I think if you've got good planning and program and project controls in your business, then ultimately you shouldn't have all of the problems that sometimes these companies have, which is you know running over and extensions and delay and all that sort of stuff that you normally get. And then, you know, on small projects, that might be thousands of pounds, but on big projects, it's millions and it can be millions a day, you know. So you know, it still frustrates me as I'm a proud British man that when you look at projects like Crossrail, you know, and maybe HS2 and whatever, how on earth have they been months and years over schedule? Who's, who's programmed this and planned this to begin with? And how have we got to being two years late? Yeah, I think some of that is also political as well, you know. Yeah, it probably is. But when you sometimes look at other countries and you look, you know, look at France and building a football stadium and they built it and then we go and build a football stadium and it's 10 times more expensive. It's still the same size building. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like nuts. So, yeah, I don't quite get it sometimes, but uh, yeah, there you are. Yeah. Yeah, Bill, it's been it's been a journey for you, you know, like you started, you know, now you're here, you know, doing an amazing job as well, you know. But for you, what what do you think success is? You know, like if, if you want to look at your your journey, you know, your story, you know, what does success mean to you, being successful? Uh, well, to me personally, I suppose just having the things that I want, you know, and I, I, I and as you get older, it's funny, you know, as a young man, you want to have this, you want to have that, you know, and I can't speak, I'll speak from my own perspective. You want a nice girlfriend, you want to have nice things, you want to go to, go to nice restaurants, you want to be happy, you want to have friends, you want all these things. And as you get older, you sort of changes, you know, you know, as a younger man, I'd do anything, bungee jump, jump out of an airplane, do anything, go to Vegas, you know, do the hangover movie, you know, do anything. You know, I didn't have any fear. As you get older, you just want a more settled life. You like you like stability. You like quieter life at a week. And I work all the time. So I speak to people all day. So I'll go inside, speak to the kids, and then I won't want to talk for the rest of the night because I'll speak all day. 
imagine speaking from seven o'clock in the morning, pretty much speaking till seven to eight o'clock at night. So I don't like phoning people at night time. Um, my family don't phone me at, at night time. They phone me at the weekends because I'm so tired from talking all the time. Well, it's different for different people. But for me, I suppose, filling up my garage with cars, <laughs> having nicer cars than I've already got, <laughs> um, but uh, but I think one of the things that I've you know with the world that we now live in and, we've become, and I've always followed Greenpeace and you know didn't like you know whales being killed and I used to be a vegetarian not that I am now but you know we've got to be conscious of the world we live in and, and I try not to buy new clothes very often I try to just buy things that I need and my only real vice is cars you know. I've got seven or eight suits. I've got 10 shirts. I've got everything that I need clothes-wise. So I don't need to go and buy 10 pairs of trainers. You know what I mean? So I try and try to live more sustainable. I try not to use plastic very much. So for me now in my life is still doing the work. It'd be difficult to give it up when I do. Not that that's happening anytime soon. But I think it'd be hard to sort of turn it off. My wife thinks I'll always work. Yeah. And I probably will. But I don't think I'll be doing recruitment when I'm 85 years old. Yeah. But but I could because I run my own company. It doesn't matter. No one has to say I retire. Um, but success for me now is seeing my children be better people than me. Absolutely. You know, I, I think from my perspective, I've got some strengths. I have got some weaknesses and I've got some things I don't like about myself. You know, like we all do. Um, but now I just I get very proud by seeing my children succeed. All my children are cleverer than me academically, and they're doing better. And my son is doing very well at sport and playing football, better than, level up than I did. So that makes you proud. And I think that success, bringing people into the world that can make a difference to the planet. You know, when I look back at you know at my career in in you know Project Resource, there's loads of people now. There's some of them running their own companies. You know, some of them working for other companies. We had good times. We went to I took people to Las Vegas and Miami and Cancun and all these nice places. And you know that was success for me then. And you know I don't I don't feel I need to do that now. But right now, success is making sure that all of my family have whatever they need. Um. And helping as many people as possible on a daily basis to make a difference to their lives. You know, it does make a difference to people's lives when you sort of find someone a job. And, you know, I've got someone a job recently and they want £80,000 salary and I've got them a job at 105. That's a massive difference, you know, and they were working an hour away from home. Now they're working half an hour away from home. So it makes a big difference. But from a personal level, just making sure that I don't have to worry about finances. Um, pay off the mortgage and obviously keep buying cars, driving <laughs> nicer cars, <laughs> and and not get any and not get any speeding tickets. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's all sort of about the cars for you. It's great, Bill. Man, it's, it's good, man. And um, you know, I, I think we've covered almost everything we need to cover. You know, but yeah. in terms of you know moving forward and trying to you know, drop a word for people that with planners that will listen to this, you know, or even planning managers or anyone else getting into planning as well, you know, from your own, you know, little experience, you know, vast experience within the planning world, you know, recruitment as well, you know, what would you want someone to take out of this, you know, like say, or like, you know, I listened to Bill and Bill said this, you know, and this will stick with me for a long time. What would that thing be? Just never, ever 
stop believing in what you want. You know, if you're an individual, whatever it is, you know, sport or business, the more you put into something, the more you'll get back. It's as simple as that. You know, whether it's you as an individual or you as, an, as, a, as a team player, but the more you put into it, like a relationship, the more I treat my wife well, the more I get back from her, you know, and the more, you know, you look after a planner. I've got planners that I helped get jobs and they now come to me when they're recruiting planners because I've always looked after them. So always try and put the maximum that you can in to whatever you're doing. As I say this to my son who plays football, I mentioned a few times, but same as when I did athletics, you never, ever want to come off the field and say, do you know what? I could have tried harder. What, what have you been doing then? You know, you've got to go onto the field. You've got to go into the office every day and you've got to think, I'm going to do the best I can do every day. I come into work every day saying, I'm going to find a job. I'm going to fill a job. I'm going to get interviews. I'm going to get someone a job every day. It doesn't mean it happens, but I believe every day. So you've got to believe in yourself, have direction. The people with direction in life, and sometimes, not that I'm asked because I don't think of myself as anything majorly special, um, but sometimes, you know, you, you look at people who've been successful in life, you know, and you ask them how they've got to that point. And most of them have just got a laser beam approach. They know where they want to go, you know, like say like a Elon Musk or whatever. You know he wants to invent an electric car and he's okay. just going to do it. And he'll just he'll go and speak to as many people, as many banks, as many investors to get that money to then make an electric car. And then they believe in him and they give him loads of money because all these companies, when they started, we're just sucking in money and not making it. Yeah. You know, so I think it's just having that commitment. So whether you're a planner or whatever, from my perspective, I just think, you know, if anyone ever wants to talk uh, to me, then my phone's always on. I'm all over the internet. You know, you can always email me and phone me, want advice, guidance, whether it's an employer just looking, you know, what, they, what are they paying their staff? Is that right? A smaller company that's looking to grow. When do they need a planner? You know, all that sort of stuff. Just, I mean, that's what the world is. You know, as, as a species, we're not, we are voyeurs now, but we've always been communicators. You know, we talk to each other. So why wouldn't you talk to people who are able to give you advice, you know, for free? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, and, you know, it, you, you've, it's, it's been great, you know, having you on the show, you know, I think, I think I've learned, I've learned a lot as well as, as a planner, you know, I've, I've picked up like, powerful nuggets from what you said, you know, and try to follow your experience and, you know, speaking to planners, recruiters as well, you know, employers, you know, and clients, you know, and, and I've, and, I, and I've learned a lot, you know, and, and I guess people want to, you know, get in touch with you as well to kind of like follow up, follow up with you as well for guys that want to reach out to you, you know, where's the best place, you know, LinkedIn. Well, best or? Place to, yeah. Best, best place for, for me is I probably, you know, if I'm honest, I'd always say phone me. It's probably number one. Yeah, but if I can't take the call, I'll just have to send you a text message back saying I can't talk and I will phone you back. Uh, email is a good one because I'll always then, I never delete an email unless I've dealt with it. I don't go onto LinkedIn every single day and look at my message center, um, but I do try and do it once a week or twice a week. I look at messages I've got in LinkedIn. Um, but normally I would say, you know, phone me or send me an email. And nearly every job advert I put onto LinkedIn or everything, if you go on my profile, every piece of marketing I do, it's normally got my telephone number and it's got my email. And you can obviously get it from my uh, website, which is Construction Futures. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, so yeah. Absolutely. Before we before we go, Bill, you know, my, my last yeah. question, I promise. It's not. It's not. It's not. What, <laughs> what is the meaning of life? Come on. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's not. It's not that. It's not that. I just. I. I want to. I want to. I want to. I want to put you out there. Be like you know, like I, I know recruitment, and I know a lot of recruiters out there. You know, in the planning or different different roles. You know, you know, doing doing different stuff. You know, but for you, you know, as a as a recruiter, Bill. You know, what makes you different? What, what makes you stand out? You know, like working with different companies, you know, why, why do you want companies to come to you and say, Bill, you know, I want you to get me a so, so, so person, a planner, you know, why do, what, what makes you different? You know, what do you do differently that makes you, that sets you apart from other recruiters out there? Uh, well, I think firstly, I mean, recruitment is quite a process driven thing. You've got to do certain things in certain orders. I think, again, I think we cover what we covered earlier on. What makes me stand out? If you look at my LinkedIn profile, and it's not me being big-headed, but you look at my LinkedIn profile to compare to others, okay? So I got a first-class honours degree. I've competed for England and Great Britain in sport, and I've gone into a sales job and become the number one salesperson for thousands of recruiters, and I've set my own company up. I always want to be the best. If I'm not the best, either best of the people doing it or the best of version of myself, I'm not happy. Okay, so I'm relentless. So when I someone wants me to help them, if they give me the love, then I give them the love. Yeah. If they give me the respect, I give them the respect. Yeah. It's pretty simple. I'm a very loyal, hardworking person. I want to help people who want to be helped. If you're a planner looking for a job, you come to me, you only come to me, I will find you a job. Whether it's a day, it takes a week, it takes a month, it takes a year, I will go and find you that perfect job for you. Yeah. If you're an employer, again, come to me exclusive, come to me first. How many other planners do you know in the UK that have done planning for 20 years every day? Can you name me anyone? I don't know anyone. So why would you not want to come to someone who has been doing it this long and has all the connections is going to work like a Ronaldo, yeah, and just going to, you know, that's what I think. I'm, I'm not being big-headed, but I think of myself as a Ronaldo or Lionel Messi or recruit. I want to be the best. I don't care who I'm going against. I want to win. And if I'm going up against other recruiters, I still want to win. But if your company's gone to 10 recruiters and they come to me exclusive, exclusive means I'm guaranteed of making money. So I will work every minute, every hour to get that job done. If you come to 10 other recruiters and they've had it for six months and then you come to me, it's like, well, why, how are you motivating me to work on this job, you know? So I'm always open to people and I will always try to help people. Um, I love talking to people and meeting people. Um, if, you know, if you like cars, then I like you a bit more. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nice one, Bill, man. It's been nice having you on the show, man. And I really, really appreciate your time, you know. And I, and yeah. it's been it's been a powerful show. It's been a powerful show. I I I, I didn't really expect for, for for this to go this long, but I've just enjoyed every bit of it, you know. The the, the topics, the questions, the 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 um the relationship as well, because we're building relationship here. And I, and I know, and I know our path have crossed, you know, years back. Yeah. But, but I know that with this, you know, we are trying to kind of like put things, you know, in a more very you know professional way like being building a relationship to say you know with, with, with all this as well you know and uh and, and i want to thank you again 
great for the time as well, Bill. You know, and and the show has been awesome, and you've been great as well. Very, very good, no, good guest. No, you're very welcome, and look, I wish you all the best with the with the show, and I'll uh, I'll be intrigued to see who else you're gonna you're gonna interview. Maybe if I watch it, I'm gonna learn something about planning. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You never know. You never know. You never know.